we're going to pray right quick and uh, pray that the show goes well. Father, we just thank you, Lord. We bless you, Father. We give you praise, Lord God, for getting us, Lord, uh, to this point in our life through this day. Father, we pray that you will uh, decrease us and increase yourself. Allow us to articulate, God, that which you have on your heart tonight through us. Uh, let us be vessels. But Lord, not only anoint our lips, but anoint ears today and, and eyes and help folks see, God, you, not us. We thank you, Lord God, for this opportunity to serve and to put out some information that hopefully that will impact and encourage others uh, to be inspired to, to move to the next levels in their lives. God, we mm. thank you. We bless you in Jesus' name. You can do it since you're streaming live. They're actually right now hearing what you're saying right now and, and seeing what you're seeing. What's going Okay. Well, we're, we're here. Welcome. This is backstage. Welcome, <laughs> this is the pre-show. The pre-show. I only have one viewer right now, but this is I'm the pre-show. <laughs> the pre-show to the to the discussion. the truth because it's very authentic it's real we ain't got no time to edit we ain't got no time to check nothing it's going to come right from the heart and so i'm going to go ahead and, and and tell you right from the start my guest today uh is going to be someone who's just going to tell it like it is He's gonna speak it in his language. I hope we got adults on here. I hope we got adults on here. And uh, because we got Thomas Freebie, we're gonna wait till we bring him up. But before we bring him up, I gotta bring my buddy up. I gotta bring up my co-host, Buddy Curry. Why don't you come up and say what's going on? Hey guys, good to see everybody. Glad to be back. Uh, let's go. Let's go. When Buddy Curry say let's go, let's go. All right, so that's what we're going to do. Thank you, buddy. We're going to see you in just a minute here. Um, that's what we're going to do. We're going to go. Uh, but, you know, like I said, that this this Tackle the Shackles podcast, we have all kinds of people here. We have people who are believers, people who are non-believers. We got folk who, who, all kinds of folks, because you know what? Prison does not have any discrimination about who comes goes to prison they don't discriminate now i know that there's you know per capita you look at you know the percentages of folk that go to prison i understand that a, a lot of folk that look like me go to prison in terms of the number of people the small pool of people you can pull from like it's a good number of it going going into the prison but that's not the point the point is I don't really think it's a black or white thing. I really believe, I really believe it's a green thing. It's a green thing. Because I've learned that prison is about capital. It's about capital. Yes, some unfortunate situations, the poor, uh, some, some people of color get to go quicker and faster because of some profiling, I understand that. But I'm telling you the bottom line, they want the money. <laughs> so I'm gonna, we're gonna be real. We're gonna keep it real. I got one of uh, our guests on the day. Uh, he, he's gonna keep it real, y'all. Um, I really didn't ask him to filter anything. So I'm asking, I'm asking him to come and 
be with us. Got, in fact, he's tuning in with his his podcast too. Is kind of streaming what we're doing in his podcast as well. So his audience is here tonight too. That will be here tonight as well on a different podcast. So let me bring him up. I don't need to have no disclaimers. Let's bring him up, Thomas. Free me. What's going on? How you doing, buddy? Okay, you gotta take yourself off mute. I don't know if you got. We got, we got you. We, we we can't hear you. Can you hear me? I can there hear you. There we go. There you go. <laughs> blessings, blessings, everybody. Blessings. Good evening. Thomas. Good evening. Free me. <laughs> absolutely it's 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 you know how that that name it i don't even i can't even tell you how that name came about you know it was um it just hit me one day yeah and it, it, it it's in so many different aspects because you know it's it's thomas free me thomas free me and it's it. it's let me go like you're asking thomas to, to let you go man you need help yes. And you're coming to Thomas to free you, man. So, yeah. Well, I, hey, listen, this is just a little intro. We got a little taste of it. But I ain't got to, this is most of the people that come on my show. I have to tell them, dig deep and get dirty. I have to tell them to tell, tell folks the truth, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I don't have to do that with you. No, sir. <laughs> I don't have to do that with you, right? So, Matter of fact, you by the end, people are telling me I'm telling too much truth. <laughs> Woo, well, let it all hang out. The good, bad, and the ugly. Because people need to see transparency. They need to see the truth. Because it's the truth that sets us free. Hey, Thomas, I'm going to have to go pay some bills in a minute. So I'm going to have you to come back up in just a minute after we kind of introduce our show. Amen? All right, listen, let's not delay any more time. This is what Tackle Shackles is all about. Check it out. In the U.S., a staggering 2.2 million people are incarcerated. A 500% increase over the past 30 years. One in four prisoners were foster children. One in 28 American children has a parent behind bars. A public defender will routinely have a caseload of more than 100 clients at a time. States spend $2.8 billion annually to incarcerate people for non-criminal rule violations. More than 10% of the incarcerated in the U.S. are veterans while less than 1% of our citizens serve. More than half are there due to PTSD and substance abuse. Veterans are losing their freedom because of defending ours. Tackle the Shackles, a mega movement to create culture change. Not just inside courtrooms and prisons, but within society. Organizations, activists, and legislators are struggling to pass laws to reform the broken justice and prison systems. This is primarily because the public either doesn't know or doesn't care about the injustices and suffering of those caught up in these systems. The key to success is to make it trendy to be informed and care about our incarcerated citizens. Tackle the Shackles is a national community coalition between athletes, churches, police, 
service providers, prisons, legislators, and the public to bring about better second chances and reduce recidivism. The coalition also promotes criminal justice and prison reform to ensure fairness in courtrooms, reasonable sentences, and that prison time is rehabilitative instead of punitive. As our country is struggling to find answers to the shackles, issues of inequality, racism, and injustice, it is an ideal and critical time to implement the tackles. Real solutions and reform. Tackle the Shackles is the movement to unify our country and educate about the depth of the criminal justice issues as we reveal and implement solutions. Tackle the Shackles. Man, Tackle the Shackles. Where is everybody? Oh, man, I think y'all had too much turkey out there. Where are you guys be? uh traveling out of town that's the power of the internet you still can get on you got cell phones where are you i'm going to ask you guys that are here to go and get you know pookie them little john juju boo boo cuckoo all of them and get them here to this show get them here to this show that's we're gonna we're gonna do a partnership here uh those that are on here we see some usuals and some regulars here thank you god bless you for coming and being a part of us and Amen. Um, might have been my mistake. I had sent out another link and might have threw some people off. And that's why I need to stay out of precious job. Amen. That's my administrator. But I'm excited still. You know, I, I think we got a quorum here. We do have a quorum. Uh, the Bible said with two or more gathered in his name, he's in the midst. God is here. Roll call. God is here. As long as God is here, that's all that matters to me. And we can go from here. All right, I'm going to bring Buddy Curry up. Buddy, talk to me. Talk to me. What's, how was your Thanksgiving, buddy? Uh, Thanksgiving was maybe the best we've ever had. We had 16 uh, people at our dinner. We had uh, uh, in-laws. We had all my kids and three of their significant others. Wow. And, uh, yeah, and it was just uh, a total day of acceptance. Nobody got a bloody nose and fought. <laughs> Look, man, when you get a bunch of competitive people, you know, you never know what's what's going to happen. But it, it was an absolute dream uh, vacation. Thank you. And we're just so thankful t- for that opportunity. So, Well, praise God. You know, there's so much uh, polarization going on, so much division, uh, so, so many families divided on so many political issues and things of that nature. You know, I, I wonder if a lot of people got through their Thanksgiving yeah. uh holiday but yeah like you said man well praise god you got through it without nobody coming out with a bloody nose <laughs> yeah man well we miss you from last week i know you traveling and, and going and doing family stuff too so i understand amen yeah. and i'll be gone next week as well um mm-hmm. just and then the week after i think i've got a, a, a falcon's thing so we'll talk about that but I, I, I enjoy it while, while I'm here. I'm so, so excited to hear from our guest and what's the real deal? What's the real deal? For those of you that don't have a clue, Buddy Curry. Buddy Curry is a star, man, and, and he played for the Atlanta Falcons. He's in their Hall of Fame. Uh, Buddy uh, is, 
you know, he can go anywhere. I can remember going to, we have our little favorite place we go to and people recognize him right off the, right off the bat. I, you know, I get a chance to get some star power hanging around star power every now and then. I, I look like I'm important when I'm around him. So thanks be to God for this. He's not only name is buddy. He's my buddy. So buddy, we do have an excellent guest here today. And uh, like always, we have people who are, been to prison, um, you know, had some misfortunes in their life. And uh, and I want you to help, co- you know, co-host, uh, you know, if you have any questions, anything uh, you want to jump in anytime, please help us out. And uh, but I think uh, Brother Free Me, Thomas Free Me, why don't you come on back up, brother? Amen. We got a lot to talk about. Amen. 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 Hey, y'all. Welcome, Thomas Free Me out there. Come on, y'all say hello to Thomas. And buddy, and uh, you know, uh, definitely um, chat with him. And let's see, we got people in the chat. Y'all remember this in the chat? We we try to do this together. We want to relate. We don't like just having a conversation like you're not there. We want we want you to be participating. You're you're just as important to get into this conversation. So if you have a question or two, uh, Precious will she will pop it on the screen. We'll try to recognize if we're not too caught up. Maybe one of us will see it come up there and y'all y'all if i don't see it maybe they'll catch it and we can we can uh we can uh, you know team up on answering these questions that you may have that on the discussions that we're bringing up now um thomas hey yes, man sir. free me i'm gonna kind of interview you but at the same time i'm i'm i'm, I'm kind of i'm like gonna free you uh right from the start <laughs> on this show there's no incarceration in our in our book. <laughs> We don't believe in incarcerating people. No more uh, locked doors. No more locked doors. No more locked doors. <laughs> All right, so that's my impression, <laughs> which is terrible. But anyway, uh, I got one question to start us off. You went from school to prison pipeline. By the way, this is the, the theme tonight is prison, uh, from prison to podcast voice for the for the poor, from prison. To podcast, uh, Thomas have a very powerful podcast, but he's he's from prison. But here's the question: You went from school to prison pipeline in juvenile detention at 13, <clears throat> in a state prison at 20, in a federal prison at 28, and you came home at 40. How real is the school to prison pipeline? It's it's so real that it's it's unseen you know it, it this is this is the i mean this is the the conspiracy theories that you know this is the, the the this is the monster this is where it all starts at when i when i talk about the prison industrial system i'm not just talking about the building with the fences i'm talking about the whole complex from its inception and and its workings all the way to the felony conviction because that is the ultimate goal is the felony conviction um and and this is what i'm trying to get the american people to understand that there are two rights that you lose significant rights that you lose when you get a felony conviction those are your gun rights and those are your voting rights and there's a purpose behind that mm. Yeah, I, I would think so. I've I've talked to people all the time about how um, okay, let us take it from from slavery. Okay, let's uh, slavery evolves. Mm-hmm. 
you know, uh, you know, most people don't know that um, Georgia was a prison colony. It started as a prison colony. And, and it went from there to mass incarceration. Believe it or not, it uh, went from there to um, uh, slavery, of course, and then you went to there from mass incarceration, and then you went from there to mass supervision. Mm-hmm. That's when you're doing a time out here and you got to pay your, your room and board and, and you got a, a, a probation officer watching over you. And it's just evolving into another. Now, you just brought up a, a very important part. You lose some very critical rights. Mm-hmm. And do you, is, do I hear you say that the reason why it gets to that point where you get to a felony conviction that is to take those rights away from you? And what is the purpose of that? Well, it's absolutely because it's it's all about control and, and it's all about control in the poor communities because of of where the oppressed, the poor are the oppressed. Right. So mm-hmm. uh, anything can come out of oppression. So it's it's trying to it's trying to control that as much as as possible. So they want to control how the poor people are voting and they want to control how many guns are distributed because you lose those rights. True enough, you can get them back, but you have to go in the court of law. You have to go in front of a judge now and they make the determination as to who gets them and why. But those rights have been taken from you. Wow. Wow. So it's control. Um, It's about control. It's about taking things into the government's hands to to control things. Okay, let's keep it real. All right. And so that doesn't, to me, have a color on it. Uh, really, I, I think, uh, you know, when we think about poverty, we got all kinds of people with um, who are poor um, and we have many different race, race, you know, and, and, and cultures and ethnicities that are poor. I really believe the Bible talks about the love of money is the root of all evil. Uh, bottom line is controlling power and having money and control. Uh, but you know, this is, this is, do you feel like as you know, you're, you're different color than I am. Do you think that was set up for you to go through this process or what, where do you take some responsibility at? Take some responsibility as, as a, as what they call a white person or, or as well, far no, as. No, the fact that you went to prison at, you know, juvenile 13, you, you uh you you went back at, at state prison at 20 and then you got you went to, you know you're in federal prison at 28 and you came on 40 is that all control or is that something that um something that we you made well you well you hit, you hit the head on you know you hit, you hit the hammer right on the head is is this has nothing to do with race this is this is classism right mm-hmm. this is classism to to the extreme and you know again like you 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 put the disclaimer out there you warned your listeners this is thomas freeman right this is why we we're we're issued social security cards this is why we're issued birth certificates we as american citizens are born into debt these people have created such an astronomical amount of debt that we are born into debt that is slavery we are born into slavery this is why we have zip codes. This is why when you go to apply 
or use your credit card or, or anything in that fashion, anything that has to do with federal notes, they want to know your zip code. Why? Because they want to know your, your area. They want to know your environment. And you are gauged and judged upon that environment. Now, when you get into the deeper roots of some of these poor communities, the government, in my opinion, they already deem these individuals are very unlikely to contribute their portion to this national debt. Mm. So they have con con comprised a way to get the money that they need out of that particular individual towards this national debt to keep this whole engine running. They can get more out of an individual, right, incarcerating him than mm -hmm. they can that this individual will produce in his lifetime. He will probably mm -hmm. end up spending and costing the state more money being free than he would be incarcerated. So mm -hmm. they've created this scheme to filter these individuals out. Wow. Wow. It is real talk, y'all. This is real talk. Um, you know, the Bible talks about the uh, the borrower is is slave to the lender. Now, what if uh, you didn't even borrow it? <laughs> Maybe it was just set up for you. Now you're still enslaved to the lender. Uh, and so, but but this is real talk. Um, buddy, jump in when you get ready. Uh, now, now, we know that with your story, because we're, we're here to change the narrative, but in your story, um, you've been through a process. You probably, would you say you spent more time in prison than free uh, in your life? That it's, it's, I'm about now, since I've been home about six years, it's, I would say 50-50 now. But when I came home, I was definitely incarcerated through my lifetime of being in, in juvenile. You know, my first juvenile, I think I was about 14 and a half. Mm -hmm. is when I eventually ended up getting into the juvenile system. But I was I was already on my way, you know. So it was it was just in and out, in and out, in and out. Prison, state prison, come home, deal drugs, federal prison, 13 years. And now I'm home for six years. Talk, talk to some of the young people out there. Uh, a lot of the young people we are going to prison today. They're, they're, our prisons are being filled up with young people. Um, they are they're getting caught up younger and younger their mentality is they're not mature uh they're they're hanging out with the wrong crowd making some silly decisions and 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 starting even in school not having a, a, a somebody that was in their family that loved them enough to bring about covering in their life and buddy can talk about this because he has a a strong background of believing that the family should have those necessary people in the family, like men, like, like the father there. Um, a lot of these young men haven't had this, these fathers there, and then they go and commit crimes and they're locking them up left and right, or either they're going to prison or they're going to the graveyard. Can you talk a little bit about that? And then we have Buddy to talk a little bit more about what is really needed. Mm -hmm. I mean, absolutely. I mean, again, this is all part of, of the, the plan is to separate the home. You cause division within the home because at the end of the day, it's all about the children. When you go and you re read uh, uh, Karl Marx's manifesto, right, on communism, the communism manifesto, 
you begin to understand and learn and see firsthand as to that these schematics are being in play here and it's in your home. They're devising ways, whether it's through your TV, through your broadcast, pornography, all of these things are so relatively available to you at, at your fingertips that it causes such division within your home between you and your spouse. And your child is in the mix of this. And that is what they want. They want the child to do away with the parent, to, disre mm. to completely disregard the parent and rely on the government. So mm. this is what we get. Our children today, 20, 25 years old, are running around and quoting CNN like this is stuff that they've experienced and, and researched themselves. Mm. You know, and, and that is what's crazy because these kids are the future. Mm. So, so it's, it's paying attention to these micro transactions of life in our home that we're, we're on we're, because we're so overwhelmed with paying our bills, watching our sports, doing these, these distractions, these gladiator games that these people have put in front of us to keep us entertained all day. Mm. That these are the important things is entertainment and how we feel, make sure we feel good. And that is causing destruction in our home. When a person sits down and divides their day, because as you know, as you know, when you're incarcerated, you, you have to break down your time to the minute. You, you have to be responsible for every minute that you're on this compound. When you apply that to life, you begin to realize that in my 24 hours, how much time am I spending with my family as a family unit? How much time is that really getting? By the time I sleep, by the time I work, by the time we eat and prepare dinner, by the time we watch our little game shows, NFL games are three hours, baseball games are four and a half hours. By the time all of this stuff is over, mm -hmm. you know, how much quality time is the husband and wife and child getting in that home today? Wow. You know, Thomas, uh, you're speaking a lot of truth uh, uh, on that, and, and it happens in poor homes, and it also happens in more fluent homes, where you don't have the, the, the teaching uh, of the children. And, um, you know, the, the root of all evil, the money root of all evil and the desire to be rich you know, I was in Canada one time. And I said, look, we, we work to live up here. You guys work down there to get rich. So mm. you, could, you could never work enough. You, you, your life is squeezed so you don't have time for your family um, because you're trying to keep up with the Joneses. Or you may have a family that has needs or, or excuse me, that wants that you want to try to take care of, you know. But I, I totally believe that you're exactly right. I think... I think where um, I am is I want to provide a solution, you know, in terms with people and encourage, like you're doing now, encourage men to take a look at their life and what is their priorities and, and develop your, their foundational core values so that they will hopefully live their life by their values. So once you determine your foundation core values, then you say, okay, am I living, am I living my life by those values? Or am I living life to be be smart in, in cocktail parties or or whatever what, uh, buy the next uh, boat or or whatever and 
Mm. Then you've got your children and your wife that are just starving to death for your attention and for your strength. Um, and you're devoting wow. all your strength to, you know, to um, those activities that are not family. But so I, I, th I think you're exactly right. The breakdown of the family has greatly attributed to the, um, the incarcerations and to children not really, you know, not really doing what they need to do to be successful, you know. And, mm -hmm. um, and then you have a segment of the society that is saying, you know, well, let's redefine all this. And it's okay to be uh, um, uh, whatever. And yeah, broaden the, broaden the definitions. And that mm -hmm. further deconstructs the family and society, right? Mm -hmm. So and as Christian people, we, we do believe there are things that we believe. And we believe that, that God uh, created this earth and there's a congruency between scripture and um, and the principles of that that govern the 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 the, the earth, mm -hmm. and and the the Bible reveals those uh, scriptures. That's why that we need to be in the Bible and and mm -hmm. seek truth for our lives. You know, that's so, right. That's right. Yeah, Thomas. Thomas, thank you for the for yeah. that. Yeah, good, amazing stuff. I'm thinking about <clears throat> how. Uh, oftentimes we are accused as Christians as trying to uh, make people or to do what we want them to do, uh, try to put our beliefs off on other people and, uh, you know, and say that, you know, that, that, you know, you need to do life like this. Um, and I'm going to, I have to defend the point of the, of the believer, you know, the, you know, there's a, there's, you know, I, I give an example like this, if I, and I've heard one of the, um, one of the Disneyland um, stars say this, and she put it so well, she said, if I went into, you know, we having a, a good time, say we are at Thanksgiving, we having a good time, we eating and I go out in the backyard and, and, um, and I go and take my dog out. And, and when I go take my dog out to, 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 you know, use the restroom and, and then I see a snake in the grass and I see this snake in the grass and I say, Oh, come on back in. You bring your dog back in because there's a snake in the grass. And then you come back to your guests and you say, uh, well, you know, you don't say anything. You say, well, you back already. Then they say, well, listen, I'm getting ready to go out there and I'm going to go in the backyard and I'm going to go and you go, you can either do one thing. You can do one or two things. You can say, well, go ahead. Go ahead. And you know there's a snake in the grass. You know there's a snake in the back. You can just say, go ahead. Don't tell them anything. Or you can say, hey, listen, there's a snake in the grass. You need to be careful about that. Maybe you need to go out the front door rather than go out the back door. Now, is that telling somebody what to do? Or are you showing them that you love them? enough to tell them that as a snake in the grass see we we get accused of telling people about snakes in the grass as judging or controlling them when if if we didn't tell them that and they got out went out there and got bit by the snake they will say they would have come back and say why you didn't tell me that was a snake in the grass you don't really care about me right 
So we have, we have to, th this is important. I'm telling every believer out there, don't shut your mouth. When you know somebody's getting ready to walk off a cliff, there's a snake in the grass or whatever it is. In this case, if you don't, in what we believe, oh, that's just what you believe. No, you know, like she said, she said, you believe the, the shirt you got on is blue. Is that make believe? No, you believe that the shirt you got on is blue. Nobody can question that. You believe that. We believe that Jesus Christ is the way to heaven. Now, you can't tell us that just what we believe. We consider that to be facts. Now, we're sharing it with you out of love. And if you, you have a choice, you got a free will, a choice to say, I don't want to, I don't got, I, I can't got time to listen to that. You're trying to control my life. And you can go on out there and get bit by the snake and keep saying that's, just, that's what them people believe. All you want to. So y'all get my point. That was a long way to tell tell a, a, a point that I wanted to set. And just, I had to get that off my, my chest anyway, y'all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the that's the story of Adam and Eve in the in the in the forbidden apple, right? Yes. Is, is but and God knew that that was the design. That was the test oh. to oh. see how his work was going to progress. Mm -hmm. He knew that this option was going to come into play, right? But he wanted to see how that was going to work because for me this this tale is is one of of the duality in man right we're in a physical plane but yet we're asked to believe in spiritual creatures and that is the duality because the devil is in your face giving you the treats now that you can touch you can taste you can feel but right. yet you're told if you hold off on this there's greater treasures ahead but life teaches us through this materialistic aspect that what what may lie ahead is not always what we want so i have what i want in front of me right now you know what i mean right that that is the test that's mm -hmm. the duality yeah so it, it, yeah. it's it's when i started looking at it that way all the stories just started making sense to me about the being born again you know mm -hmm. because now it's it's now that you understand the difference between materialism and spiritualism, you can understand the difference. And, and it's just your, your whole fight for life becomes uh, just different. You, you're not enslaved anymore. See, we're, we're born into slavery in so many different ways. Slavery just does not mean that you're being beat with chains and, and some guys coming and pressing you for your stuff. Talk to us. You're enslaved when you... When you get so materialistically goal-driven, yes. right? and now when you have an option in your face to do right or wrong, you are thinking about these possessions that you have behind you, and yes. it, it changes your scope on things because now you will, you're thinking twice about stepping into that fire, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're thinking about, well, it took me 20 years to get this boat. And if I do this, if I speak out against this right here, which I know is wrong, I could lose my career, I could lose my boat, I could lose my BMW, my wife will leave me. You know mm. what I mean? Yes. So therefore, I'm just going to let this go. But how, how, do you, how do you approach God with that question? How do you approach God with that? Yeah. So we, we've enslaved ourselves and we don't even know it because wow. 
as Mr. Buddy Curry was was explaining earlier, the the need to keep up with the Joneses. Mm. Mm-hmm. The, and these people are doing this to us. Mm-hmm. This is like you asked earlier, what do we do with the youth? <clears throat> Mr. Buddy Curry asked about solutions. What do we say? What do we tell the youth? I was never scared to go back to prison, right? Going to prison was not, it was never no fear of that. There was never no fear of me going to, I've been doing this since I was a juvenile. This became my home. This became my comfort because I was around other misfits like me. And, mm. and, and when I was out here in society and I couldn't get along in society, going back to jail was a comfort for me. I would mm-hmm. laugh with the homeboys and tell them, man, I'm gonna go back in here and kick it with some of the fellas back here, you know? That's right. And, and it was, it was, it was, so trying to scare somebody to go to prison, that's not what it is. Come on. This last time, what I started to understand was what crime was. They want me out here committing crime because Mm -hmm. if I'm not out here committing crime, Mr. Robbins, Mr. Curry, then there's nobody for them to point their fingers at and say, this is why we need prisons. This is mm-hmm. why we need police officers is because of people like him. This is mm-hmm. why they'll take me and put me on the news and broadcast me and make me oh. a spectacle for the people to see. Right. And then they have your shows like locked up and all that. So individuals, everyday blue collar people that don't understand the essence of what crime is, they're sitting in their rooms and they're watching and they're like, man, I'm glad those people are locked up. Man, where do I donate to the police at? Let me send these people $1,000. Please keep that individual in prison. Mm. That is what happens. Wow. This is, this has so been it's perpetrated the, by fear. Is it absolutely. perpetrated by fear? Everything, go ahead. Everything, everything's perpetrated. Racism has been, per, was, was created on fear. Mm. Right? The mm. whole lie of racism was based oh. upon the fact that the king saw that, that as trade routes started opening up, and, and different cultures started moving about. This king saw these big, big Africans coming in his town and got scared to death of that they were going to overrun his town. So mm-hmm. he did back then, six, seven, eight hundred years ago, what they still do today with the media campaign. He started a propaganda, uh, uh, just a propaganda mess and started wow. spreading lies and rumors that these people are animals, that they're. And that is where the root began. Mm-hmm. That is wow. where the root began and it spread from there. Wow. Isn't that something how the enemy uh, counterfeits or try to be the very opposite of God? You know, God pushes faith. <clears throat> Satan pushes fear. We have the kingdom of darkness and we have the kingdom of light. And then, but it's all trying to copy God in just the opposite way. You, you know, I've, I used to have this as saying, you can't run... You can't you can't run with God and walk with the devil at the same time. <laughs> you know, there's gonna be, you know, one is control, games about fear. All kinds of games. It's perpetrated on fear. Well, we got a gang at church too. It's supposed to be about faith, but sometimes even that is now that you know, we have the world going into the church being perpetrated by fear too. How did they get us? Oh, let's, you're supposed to be a spiritual. You're supposed to be about the soul. You're supposed to be about saving lives, saving souls. But somehow we get all mixed up into politics and we get mixed up into other stuff that that is really 
being empowered by fear. And we're mm -hmm. supposed to be the people of faith. So what, what is it? So, so we understand that fear, if we can begin to differentiate the difference between something coming out of fear or something coming out of faith, then we can make better decisions. Uh, well, life. what, well, what scares you, you know, what, what scares you, Mr. Buddy Curry? I mean, you, you're, you're a man who's, who's been in, in violent actions. You're an NFL hall of famer. So at the end of the day, as us, as men, what scares us? What scares us as human beings? Mm -hmm. uh, well, I'm looking at a, uh, thinking about a deep, deep need. And I think what scares most men is not being good enough, not being adequate. And we have bought into the lies of masculinity of this is what it is to be a man which is which is really it's it's a soulless so athleticism makes you a man having lots of money and power you know makes you a man um um having lots of women and being uh the gigolo or whatever that makes you a man this and, and, and we're scared of that. We're, we're scared that we don't we don't match up. We don't measure up. You know, and that's where that's where a relationship with God. You understand that you are enough, mm -hmm. right? Where you are, and He loves you right where you are. And then, yes, we're we're going to improve and we're going to get better and and all that. But I I got a question for for you and and for everybody. I, I've been meeting people today that that get, uh, let me say, they are young people. They're getting so caught up in the conspiracy conspiracy stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Five years ago, when my kids started saying, "Dad, this is what happened," all that, I said, "Man, you guys are crazy." Now I'm believing it more and more and more. Okay, mm -hmm. but here's what's happening. We're thinking about so much of this conspiracy, or, or let's talk about racism you think about so much of, about racism or about climate change or whatever what about your behavior what about your gaining wisdom and mm. living your life so that you can you can live live life where you can get make your dreams happen you know and so what the space i'm at is trying to meet people where they're at and, and give them hope that they can make these dreams because at the end of the day, you know, um, I hope my kids don't do things that uh, against the law they have, I have back in my day. And mm -hmm. thankfully I didn't get caught. Right. And then, you know, it was, it was as exasperated from there and, and you guys can talk about that. But my hope is that they'll, they'll make good decisions and I want them to think about being a good person and what is right and what is wrong. And, and, and you've got to fight society and you've also got to fight your nature. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For, well, for, for me, the, I mean, that's, that's a powerful segue into, into exactly um, what I fear, you know, and, and, and I think what, what Mr. Mr. Buddy Curry was was maybe explaining and his his articulateness of it 
was that I think we all fear the unknown more than anything. What we do not know, and it drives us into madness to the point to where we will kill. Look at what we've done through history when we've come across a new species that we had no idea what it was. We wanted to eradicate it. Right. And, and we use media to do that or whatever. Look at, look at Jaws. You know, look what Jaws did to, to the great white shark. You know, so when us as men fear the unknown, we, we eradicate it before we even try to understand it. Mm. So it's so it's understanding that emotion within us and and to, to want to do that so that when we are instantly stricken with fear, not to react off it, but just take a second and understand why do I feel fear? It's not because this person is showing me violence or whatever. It's because there's an unknown factor in here that's that's making me kind of anxious, wiry or whatever. Mr. Buddy Curry, you're absolutely correct. It, it all stems to the individual. Um, for, for us, for people like me, right, who, although I had very caring parents, they didn't understand my complexities as a child. I was different from the, the rest of, of the family. Mm. And it's not that they didn't care. They just didn't know how to deal with me. And yep. they, were, they were older mm. and tired Right. And and they kind of washed their hands at the point to where I'm I'm breaking in the houses at 14, 15 years old. And by this time it was the boy's gonna do what the boy does. But it's it's understanding that how can I put it? It's it's understanding that as as that child in the duality of everything that's going on within the home, all the hypocrisy going on within the parents in the home, and mm -hmm. and me coming into this society of not knowing who mm -hmm. I am, mm -hmm. I was raised and, and learned these experiences on my own. This is so important mm -hmm. for individuals to understand, to bring forgiveness upon themselves. Mm -hmm. You have to understand that if you don't have the proper guide, and you don't have the proper teacher for you, specific to you, then you have to learn these things on your own through trial mm. and error. Mm -hmm. And it takes years to do that because not only are you experiencing the trauma of learning, putting your hand on the stove, right? It's, yeah. it's processing that trauma and understanding everything that was involved. And that takes wow. years to do that. And when we're compressed with with mm -hmm. all of these sidetracks, we can go get addicted to anything, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? To, to keep us off of our, our focal point of self-reflection, it could be 30 years before it finally hits you and Absolutely. says, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. the importance of that is knowing that that is the, that is the awakening. That is the coming into spirit where you mm -hmm. say, okay, I got it. Now everything from this point, I'm being judged by God for because now I know that the decisions I'm making is this. Wow. Man, you know what? You had that experience wow. yourself, right? You, you came to that awakening within Amen. yourself. We know that going back to prison, going back to prison, that becomes an institution of education uh, to, to learn how to do it better. 
you know, bad, you know, and, and, and we, we pay for their education going right back to prison. But there's something that you've done, Thomas, you, you shared a little bit with me. What brought about your awakening, your change? And then I want you to tell me, we got time, a little bit of time here. Tell me about what you're doing now that Amen. you have been changed. So the short version is, you know, is, is um, I had a daughter, you know, and I left my daughter when she was six months old. And ever since I was a child, I just wanted, I just wanted to be a dad and have a family. And in my mind, you know, and maybe it came from, again, media giving us these expectations, as Mr. Buddy Curry was talking about, the expectations of what a man looks like. It all comes from media. Right. Mm -hmm. So my expectations of what my family should look like and how I wanted all my family around me and all of these things. Wow. And as my life was progressing, I was seeing I was getting further and further away from that that dream. And that's all I ever wanted. And in my mind, I warped my mind into thinking that by me having a child and me having a, a, a you know, a baby mama and me living in a in a, an apartment even though i'm selling drugs to survive and doing bad things and all of this that i'm creating this family life that i wanted you know mm -hmm. it is it was such a toxic environment that i was in without even realizing that i was in it mm. and it was it was at the end of the day five years in my daughter comes she visits me everything going on in her life between her toxic mother and, and lifestyle that i left them in and and everything the whole mix my daughter did not want to leave she did not want to go home she wanted to stay with me mm -hmm. and this is a whole discussion for a whole nother time about the expectations that we put on our child when the parents are incarcerated but mm -hmm. my daughter wanted to stay with me and she's ripping at my clothes and what and i had to physically take my child's arms and rip them off of me mm -hmm. and 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 turn my back on my child and and leave mm. knowing that i wouldn't see her again for months oh geez. you know so in a sense it's it's like just taking your child knowing that they're they're crying for you and just sending them on their way mm. you know so that hit me that one particular time and i went back to my cell i threw the towel up and and i beat the crap out of myself and and mr robbins mr curry that was the first time in my life i was honest with myself mm. you know I looked myself in the mirror and and I said, you know, you're a real piece of work, man. You know, mm -hmm. I was cursing then. I won't curse here, but mm -hmm. I, you're a real, you're just a scumbag. You know, you lie, you cheat, you steal, you're a drug dealer, you manipulate people. You're just a scumbag and you run around and you tell people, you know, you're a good person. You tell the truth and all this, knowing the whole time you're trying to stab him in the back. You know, mm -hmm. you're just a, you're just a crappy human being. You know, and it's time to stop asking yourself, why, why did all of this happen to me? Why am I here? And because I kept telling myself that I'm a good person, but yet I'm in the worst, one of the worst prisons in America, mm. in solitary confinement. So if I'm a good person, how does that happen? Mm. So the, 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 the breaking for me was ultimately, I mean, there was so much more in this transition, but it was ultimately stop telling yourself that you are something mm. and start telling yourself that you want to be this mm. Beca because when you tell yourself that i am good then mm -hmm. that leaves no room for improvement i can't mm. grow from there because i'm already good so mm. even if i'm doing bad as you said earlier you know 
God and the devil don't mix. And that, like I say, good and bad does not mix. You cannot have good inside of bad. Mm. If I'm saying I'm a good person, yet I'm doing bad, then I'm not a good person. Mm. So instead, let me start saying I want to be a good person because I yeah. truly did want to be a good person. Mm. And so I just, I just started researching and what a good person looks like. I started finding autobiographies on, on who mm. society deems good people, who I feel are good people. And I just started reading on what good people do, you know, and I mm. ran across Gandhi's autobiography and it, it, that, that again in itself was life changing from, from that point on too. that again, that's another story, but that yeah. was it. And then understanding what crime was. I'm nobody's puppet. I'm mm. not here to, to puppet anybody. I'm not here to be enslaved. I'm, I'm, I'm Thomas Harold. I'm Thomas Freeme. And I'm here to build a legacy for my name, my, my threshold, my DNA. Come and I'm on. not here to serve anybody other than, than God. Yes. And, yes. and that's it. You know, so it's. Wow. <laughs> Man. Woo. You know, you, Thomas, you said some really powerful things. So, so what does it take for us to wake up? I mean, you know, Lee, this is the, this is the issue. You know, I was talking to, to one of my sons and, and uh, he was counseling somebody and I, and I sat back from him and I was snickering because he, he said exactly what I was going to say. And he hated when I talked about it. He said, there goes Pastor Buddy, my dad. Sermon number nine, and, and but he was saying the same advice. Mm -hmm. And I asked him, I said, what, "What would you have done if somebody, if you were twenty-one, somebody would that I wouldn't have listened?" I said, "When would you have listened?" He said, "Probably about twenty-eight when I was." Um, and I'll say this, Thomas, too: is a couple things happen to help you along. Um, is is that you saw your daughter. There's something in us. And, and I, I know that most men have this in us that we want a family. We want somebody to love. We, we, we want a legacy. We want somebody that we can invest our life in that lives on after we, after we die, you know, and that, that little daughter that you had to push away, man, that, woo, you know, to, to a large extent. And here's the, the, the other thing. In Romans 12, 1, you know, we're transformed by the renewing of your mind. You had to learn what a good person is. That To me, that blows me away, you know, because I can understand single focus and, and all that stuff, but you hadn't been in that environment, Thomas. You, you haven't seen good people. You've mm -hmm. seen hypocrites and you've seen... You know, well, it, it's it's not so much because I don't want to take away because my, my father's a very good man in his own sense. Um, and 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 my I had a stepmother that um, was new at the time and she is an angel. Like my stepmother changed the complexity of of my family structure while yeah. I was still young. But but in that she um, she was new that was, she wasn't the one's attention that I was seeking for me. She was at that age. She was an embarrassment. You know, I was calling, telling, I was introducing her to my friends as my mother. And here she's thinking I'm doing it in a loving way, but I'm doing it out of embarrassment because I didn't want my friends to know that my parents were divorced, you know, so they were good people, but like the, the hypocrisies that we all do, 
like my father would tell me, don't smoke as he's lighting up a cigarette. You know, he, he would, you know, he would tell me to respect women, but yet he was a womanizer. It was so it's the complexity that we do in our ever these micro transactions. Mm -hmm. You know, if if we don't want our children to be materialistic and to think about the value of life, but we're we're honoring our trophies and we're honoring and we're keeping things close to us and we're showing that our kids that these things are important. Mm. What are they going to take from it? That's right. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Well, guys, <laughs> oh my, I, we can go on and on and on for this, this particular subject right here. And I believe the Holy Spirit led us to talk about what we've talked about. And it's helped a lot of people. I, I, I want to give you guys an opportunity to ask questions out there if you have any. And we'll post it up here because there's a lot of wisdom coming from Thomas, coming from Buddy. And I, and I really want you guys to benefit from this wisdom. Some of us are parents right now. And we're, and you know, I know I felt even some of the things that have been said that, man, I, I have to look at that too. I need to look at that too. And there are nobody have arrived. You know, just because you got a title don't mean you arrived. You know, and we can dress it up with good or we can dress it up with titles. We can dress it up with clothes. But it is what it is. Right. It is what it is. And, 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 and until we come to the realization that it is what it is, that we need to, like Thomas, get to the point in the revelation and being honest with ourselves. Mm. We can blame everybody. I, I guarantee you, you can find somebody to blame in your family. You can find somebody to blame in your relationships. You can find somebody to blame that the media is talking about. Somebody that's a different race than you are. Somebody that uh, maybe be rich. Oh, the rich ain't going to heaven. You know, we can blame any and everybody. You, the devil will give you an excuse. Hmm. But we don't. We need to quit making excuses like Thomas did. He quit making excuses and he made some adjustments. Hmm. He said, I don't know what a good person looks like, but I'm going to go do some research about it. And I'm going to be honest with myself. And I'm going to change me you know i'm gonna tell you out there if you don't know this by now there's one that is that is good the bible said there's none righteous no not one but there's there's one that is really good and his name is jesus christ mm. and and but we don't know that until we come to the place where we realize that we have all sinned and come short of his glory when we realized like thomas Man, I'm going to quit telling myself I'm good. I've done all. Listen, I'm looking at the fruit. You know, the tree by the fruit it bears. I keep going to prison. I keep committing crime. I keep having bad motives. I keep doing these things in my life. Why am I keep fooling myself and deceiving myself to say I'm good when I'm not? Thomas did what was necessary. He came to himself. Mm. And he realized that he needed to receive Christ into his life because he says that's the only one I'm serving is God. I, 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 Christ coming into my life. And then when Christ comes into your life, then you can deal with life. You can, you get discernment about a prison system that's not broken, but it's fixed. Amen. I said a prison system that is not broken is fixed. It's doing exactly what it has been designed to do. Now, 
you and I can come to a place of revelation and said, uh-uh, enough is enough. I'm going to quit blaming everybody. I'm going to come to myself. I'm a master, the man in me, the woman Amen. in me. Amen. And I won't have to worry about the man outside of me, the woman outside of me. There are traps out there set for you. You can make a decision whether or not you're going to walk in it or not. And if you, for some reason, go to prison, 30% of the people who go to prison are innocent. I was innocent when I went to prison. But I, I realized, even me, I realized that I was innocent, but I was not sinless. I made some bad choices. I did hire that guy. I did hire the guy. Hey, I have to take some responsibility. And taking responsibility will help you to get in the right direction. So we thank you, Thomas, so much. We've learned so much, and I've just tapped in a few of the things. But Thomas is a founder. He's a founder of a 501c3 nonprofit and a successful podcaster. We're talking about prison to podcast. Thomas is out there doing something very positive with his life. You know, he is a voice for the voiceless. He's out there speaking real talk on his podcast. And you, we put the information up there you, you, that you can connect with him. He's a motivational speaker. As you can see, he's a man full of knowledge. Listen, buddy, I believe I can give him right now. If I had a university, I would give him a PhD, <laughs> learned experience. That's more than just sitting in a classroom. Absolutely, that's, that's, that's learned experience. I'm working on that. Y'all believe y'all laugh. I'm, I'm working on returning citizens, connecting to a university and getting PhDs master degrees getting getting these because of learned experiences and to work in this area of reducing prison recidivism uh and there are jobs out there that will pay them for their learned experience pay us i'm saying them us because <laughs> i've been there too so thomas has turned he's he's got a lot of great things he's doing i go and see thomas on his podcast he's got four thousand he's gonna teach me how to do this better Thomas, <laughs> Thomas know how to get. He got what four thousand subscribers. I'm getting uh, there. I didn't. I need more. We need more, man. We need. We need. We need. We need a hundred million of them. Amen. You know, so that they can all get these these conversations. These are the conversations that that I have. You know. Yeah, well, they're real talk and they're real conversations. And uh, Thomas got a. Uh, he's also got a. Uh, let me brag on you a little bit. I mean, uh, Thomas also. You know, he's not. He's a. He's a certified life coach. I, I'm not bragging on myself. He is a certified life coach from Life Empowerment Enterprise. He's done due diligence in that process, but he also, his latest thing, he's partnering with us. He's in Florida. He's partnering with us. Amen. He's got a facility there that he's in right now. He's got an office space. You know what Thomas is doing? I'm telling you, Thomas is saying drive-by coaching. Come on. He got a sign on the outside of his building that says, if you want to, come on in. There's no office hours. Anytime, come on in. If you have an addiction issue, you haven't, you just somebody needs somebody to talk to. Come That's on, right. I'm here. I got a space for you. He wants to use it for classes. He wants to use it for the city to come in and people come into that place and get healing. That's powerful, y'all. A Amen. man that at one point was misdirected, came to himself, and now he's helping others that are misdirected and helping them come to themselves. 
Amen. Thomas, thank you for coming. Absolutely. Can I, I saw a question on there. I, I wanted to oh. answer his question if I can. Sure, absolutely. From, from a Lawrence about, about our youth. Um, I can't remember what the, what advice would you share with the younger generation as we look at society today? So this is a very, very important question. And I, I, I wanted to, to answer this. Mm-hmm. So the main thing is, is as Mr. Buddy Curry and I, and, 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 you know, as, as, as we explained earlier about the, the importance of expectations of a man, we have to teach our children that all a man is, is as, as it's defined. We're genetically, you know, it's genetics. This is what, a, this is all a man is. There's nothing else that defines that man. Mm-hmm. You going out and doing what society says that you're supposed to do does not define you as a man. You joining gangs, selling drugs, convicting, you know, doing these crimes, that does not make you a man. Mm-hmm. All that makes you a man is just doing the right thing. That in itself is the hardest thing that a human being can do because we have the face of wrong in our in all day long and it's being able to turn that down and do the right thing. We have to teach our children not to be image followers. Mm. That mm. is the first step that we can do and we do that, we lead by example. Mm-hmm. You're only as good as your coach. Mm. Come on. <laughs> amazing amazing man don't you love listening to this guy i mean just awesome if you want more of him, we're going to put his information up there again his website you guys take this down his website can get you and if you want to support his ministry um and uh i i encourage you to do that support uh what he's doing um he's doing this full time uh he is focusing on this he's giving his life to this uh, he don't have, you know, he, he when he has to go and do Uber, whatever he's going to do to try to make ends meet, you know, he does that. But he wants to do this, and I see him doing this full, full time. Amen. And so y'all go and be a blessing to him on his website. He's got a way you can give there. Uh, meanwhile, mm-hmm. I'm just going to close out and let me pray and just pray. Father, we just thank you. We give you praise for the show tonight. and. We pray that people were encouraged, uh, and especially parents, and 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 uh, to be able to have some tools uh, to be able to help raise their children, uh, so they will not get to the place where they make decisions uh, that that's going to bring pain in their lives. Uh, I pray that Father God that you will bless Thomas and uh, and continue to to work with him and and use him as a vessel. Uh, Lord, to, to, to bring others and other young people and the poor and those who need you closer. Thank you, Lord God, for his testimony. And we'll give you the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Go ahead. We're going to close out just with a video and then we're done. We see y'all. Thank, thank you so much, video. gentlemen. It has been an yeah. honor. Thank you for everything. Awesome. We love you, man. Appreciate you.